It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast, this is a podcast with the unpopular opinion that progressive politics has a lot to offer the modern world. I'm Hannah Shah, and I'm joined by Stephanie Lloyd to discuss another round of Brexit votes and why unions are for life, not just for Valentine's Day. Oh, no. Oh, I had to <laughs> put in a cheesy bad joke. Come on. So, Steph, hangover last night's Brexit vote was an indiscretion by Ollie Robbins, the Prime Minister's chief Brexit negotiator. Apparently, a journalist overheard him slightly drunkenly in a bar in Brussels saying May's strategy was to go for her deal or an extension of Article 50. What do you think about that? I mean, it's literally the kind of cautionary tale that you then tell everybody, right, of. Yeah. Just so you know, when you're in bars in Brussels where everybody goes to, it's probably best not to talk about these things out loud. I mean, so yeah, I mean, absolute amateur hour in and of its best, but... The substance of it is one, something that we all probably assume is true. But the biggest problem that the government have is whilst whilst we all think, and obviously Ollie Robbins is highlighting that Theresa May does not want a no deal, nothing she is doing at the moment is going to prevent that. So there is a there's this weird balance because she is so terrified of breaking up her own party that she just will not do anything that could upset the ERG and how that would work. And their biggest thing is the fact that they do not want no deal off the table. So currently, I mean, as I say, it might be something that in private she doesn't want to happen, but she is going to have to make quite a substantial shift in her rhetoric of which, I mean, she gave another speech. She gave another yeah. statement again this week. I, I only listened to half of it because I was like, heard this before. It's it like was, Groundhog yeah. Day over and over again. It was very much nothing has changed. And then in the debate early on Thursday, she essentially, or Steve Barkley was chatting in the house and he essentially was kind of warm when Romaina spoke to him and was such like, yeah, you know, we'll find a deal, we'll go back, we'll sort something out. And then as soon as the ERG approached him, he was like, no, no deal is definitely on the table. And it's interesting to see how long the government can manage to continue this sort of two-faced approach. They can't because it's utterly transparent. So there there is a point of which this has to end, and that is deadline day in March like if they do not sort this out by then the no fall like the the legal default position is that we leave with no deal and we know just how catastrophic that is going to be so as I say Ollie Robbins one is a total idiot 
for having those discussions in a bar. Uh, or maybe it was something, I, I mean, if that was a secret plan of his, if his plan is to make himself publicly look more unpopular, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, it is currently certainly not what her actions show. No, absolutely. And you mentioned the ERG and we've been talking a lot about Reese Mogg and his merry band of lads. toffs. <laughs> lads, lash toffs. What do you think their end game is? Wow, so, so it's hard to figure out. Well, it's not hard to figure out in the sense that I don't, I think their end game is that they want to ensure that we leave no matter what. They have made it very clear now in their own positioning that they think leave is about leaving as hard as possible and forego the economic consequences. And part of this is because I think they just don't really care. So mm. they will still have their security. They will still have their jobs. Absolutely. They will still have everything that they want uh, in terms of that. And that's the thing where this isn't about for the, I genuinely don't think for the ERG, this, the Brexit vote is about real impact and support for people's lives. It is not about more money for the NHS. It is not about ending austerity. It is not about all of the reasons as to why they won that vote. It is all about a pure ideology from the right that is about pulling us out of what is the biggest kind of social and uh, political and economic union that we've got across the world. Yeah. And that for me is why it's so dangerous because they just, do, they, they just don't care. Yeah. They just want whatever they can get. And just a couple of points on that sort of nerdy economics points that we see that people like Reese Mogg has moved his hedge fund and lots of his money yep. to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of these people have moved their wealth into the European Union. And also one thing about May's statement that I saw while I was doing some research for this was that actually she pretty much said nothing has changed, nothing has changed. But one thing she refused to say was that if we left with a no deal, mm. that we wouldn't reduce import tariffs to zero. And that's a huge problem and actually terrifying so why is that a problem for people that aren't you know deeply akin with the issues of tariffs which let's be fair most of us fine no fair enough so essentially we have a trade policy that's in line with the eu so there's we have a customs union with the eu which means so currently there's no tariffs there's currently no no tariffs currently no tariffs within the eu so the eu can trade as it likes we can have goods and services in from france Belgium, Italy, Spain, whatever. Mm -hmm. However, as a bloc, so as a group with the EU, Mm. we've negotiated trade agreements with what we call third-party countries. So countries like Japan, China, Mm -hmm. India, the US. And to protect the EU market, some of the goods that are cheaper and more cheaply made in countries like China, where we all know they're, they're a state capitalist economy, they don't pay their workers very much, they produce lower quality things at a very cheap price in bulk, we place tariffs on some of their exports to help protect the quality and also the commercial viability of companies in the UK and Europe. Mm -hmm. Now, if we left without a deal and we went with World Trade Organization rules, I don't know if you've seen... um, some of the levers now go, let's go WTO. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of lot of people shouting that down by Parliament Square. Constantly. Then that essentially means... It's catchy. 
I mean, it is catchy, then that essentially means that, for example, um, that's where the chlorinated chicken argument mm-hmm. comes in. We could have cheap chlorinated chicken flood in from the US and be much cheaper than chicken that's been farmed in the UK, for example, sending loads of people out of business. But this is also the point, right, that it is not just about... So it, it, that, is, that is going to have a detrimental impact on people who have less money, right? Yeah, so absolutely. Jacob Rees-Mogg, who celebrates his big, you know, votes in Parliament by getting all the lads mm. around to his million, million, million dollar absolutely. Like, house absolutely. and toasting it all with champagne, is not going to be eating chlorinated chicken no. if they go on WTO rules. So I think this is the thing that worries me the most about the ERG and... It is, be- it is that they are just utterly holding the country to ransom mm. at the moment. And they're not holding it to ransom to make, you know, the people that need it the most in this country better off. They're not holding it to ransom to ensure that people keep their jobs. They're literally doing it for their own ideology. Oh, absolutely. And their own, it's, it's kind of, it feels like it's a game to them. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. I mean, obviously, when you're all listening to this, it's all already happened. But we are speaking to you from the past because obviously it's Thursday. In our podcast rec- time machine. Yes, it is. We're in, you know, the little the little box room as we sit and talk all about all the of these things covered. on a Thursday. So, what, what was it I called it? The room of requirement? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the speaker selected three amendments. One put forward by Corbyn of the Labour front bench. Mm-hmm. Another that's been put forward by Anna Subrin, a cross-party group MPs. And a third that's been put forward by Ian Blackford and the Scottish National Party. Yeah. Um, Berker's selection was interesting here. So the first is about voting on the withdrawal agreement by this 27th of February. Uh, so the third is about extending Article 50 and the second is about impact of no deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the role of the speaker in all of this? I know it's been controversial. Well, it's controversial because basically uh, this is what, uh, how the speaker behaves is, and what he selects and the order of which he selects these things in is what will, in many ways, determine the process, what happens and the results that come out of this, right? So his role is hugely influential, in terms of how that works. And obviously, as I say, we are speaking to you from the past, so we don't actually know the results of no. of these votes and how they go. And, and actually, I think quite a lot of them are going to be very, very close. So originally we thought the ERG, you know, that lovely bunch of people that we were just talking about there, uh, originally we thought the ERG weren't going to be voting with Theresa mm-hmm. May. What they disliked was the fact that it said that we didn't want, that we kind of, it kind of nodded to the fact that Parliament didn't want a no deal. That for them appears to be one of their biggest red lines at the moment. They want us to be able to crash out and stop our medicines. But now kind of later through the day, it looks like Mm. there's much more mood music to say that they are going to support it. But if they are, they're proclaiming they want to get a lot of credit for that and they want to get a lot of love for doing that. Wow. Which again is holding them at ransom. They want they want something for that. They're not going to do it for nothing. Look at the entitlement of those people. Wow. What a shocker. Um but so I think, you know, we don't quite know how that's going to work. I think it's very, very unlikely the SNPs is going to pass, which mm-hmm. is about extending Article 50. There could be a chance that Anna Subri uh, and the kind of cross party group of MPs mm. passes. Now, that is very specifically about saying, and it would get rid of the motion that the government have put down. Yeah. So it would basically cross that all off and it would replace it with the idea that um, the government would have to come back with the latest round of impact assessments on what no deal would mean and they would have to do that within a week then that is all about again being able to really put the pressure on and really expose to the country what the reality of no deal is it is not 
scaremongering. It is not about kind of pie in the sky worry and it's not for political reasons. It is the idea that literally this will cost people jobs. This will exactly. really damage our economy. It will stop us from being able to do that. So rumour has it that the Labour Party will be backing Soups in terms of that, but we're not sure yet. Obviously, as I say, we don't quite know. I think it was quite interesting that today Clive Lewis, uh, a Labour Party frontbencher, was talking about how uh, the biggest worry that he has at the moment is yeah. the idea that Labour is going to facilitate a Tory Brexit and how that works. Yeah. So it could be really, really interesting in terms of, of how that goes and where we are. But as I say, it's kind of all on a knife edge. And the other thing to really remember about this is all of this is actually non-binding. So yeah. it's it not a meaningful vote. It, it's not meaningful in the sense it has meaning, but it is not technically meaningful. It's not binding. No. It doesn't tie their hands to do anything. But it does, again, there's, you know, it's even more mood music that sits around in terms of how that goes. Yeah. Interesting. Of course, by now you'll know the results of the votes. Mm. Uh, but I Well, hesit- they all will. We don't. But they're having their cornflakes, eating their breakfast, listening, listening to, to our podcasts. Perfect. Uh, but yeah. Currently, we do not know. Um, I'm going to say that little, if not nothing, will have changed. That's my bet for the evening. Uh, But on another, hopefully a bit more cheerful note, Mm -hmm. yesterday, I today, is Valentine's (laughs) Day. And this week is I Heart Unions Week. It is indeed. Well, we've got the brilliant Kate Dearden writing for our email today. Yeah. Uh, So look out for that. She's a great young trade unionist. But I just want to talk about unions a little bit. I know they often seem less relevant to sort of the millennials. I sit here with my millennial pink notebook um, than they have done in the past. But that's simply not the case, is it, Steph? No, it's not at all. And I think, you know, when you think, I mean, uh, firstly, the trade unions founded the Labour Party. They were part of that great tradition of the Labour Party of, of where it comes from. And, you know, I think the thing to remember about this is Uh, We all do love a trade union. The things that they have done in the past for the labour movement are fantastic. If you enjoy your weekends and, you know, all of the other kind of workers' rights of which you have, you very largely have trade unions and a labour government to be able to thank for all of those. Um, But I think the thing that is quite interesting is it is also true that particularly a kind of newer, a younger kind of generation of people do feel far more detached to trade unions. Mm. And I think it's for very obvious reasons, right? You don't have huge workplaces anymore. You don't have big industrial heartlands. You don't have lots of factories everywhere for unions to be able to physically organise around. You have actually got huge amounts of kind of small and medium enterprise companies. You've got lots of people working freelance or part-time or or have their own business. So there aren't those kind of physical hubs and locations for people to be able to organise around. But that's why work from unions like Community, and Kate is one of those, uh, she does kind of policy and research for Community and some of their campaigning. Um, uh, They're doing a huge amount with the Fabians on the future of work. So how does that look like? And what do unions need to do in order to be able to adapt for a changing workforce? But also then we did see, uh, we saw an amazing win from the GMB just a couple of weeks ago when they managed to... Um, get fantastic rights negotiated for Hermes uh, Drivers, which is a career company, massive career company that does ASOS, yeah. uh, which I certainly, I think both of us keep them quite quite busy. So there is, there are real pockets of brilliant work being done across the trade union movement, but the viability of trade union movement, I think is genuinely in their hands in terms of yeah. how quickly they have the ability to adapt and really change 
in order to change the world of work because the economy and the way in which we work and the, the kind of you know market in that sense is going to change no matter what happens. So that is really what is going to uh, drive forwards and it's in their hands to be able to make sure they stay relevant and fingers crossed they do because the transformational impact they have on our rights and workers is is exceptional. Absolutely. And to hear a bit more about this, we discussed young people, culture, changes in unions, what unions can do for you. Uh, I recommend you listen to an older episode of ours, uh, it's episode 47, where I spoke to Mike Clancy from Prospect Union about what they're doing around the future of work and how they see a modern union mm. supporting workers. Oh, such a good episode. You should definitely go back and have a listen. It's great. We had a long chat. He's a lovely guy. Fantastic. So don't forget to show some love to a union this weekend. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast. The music was When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And many thanks to the brilliant Caroline Crampton who produced this podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.